Welcome to the Fun Astrology Podcast for Monday, May 16th, being released on Sunday, May 15th, because some of you may want to hear this ahead of what is going to be tonight's, or say tonight as this is being recorded on Sunday, eclipse. So we're going to unpack this, but first I just wanted to say a huge thank you for everybody who has listened to Old Soul, New Soul Astrology with Robert Glasscock. It has like leapfrogged up into the stratosphere of the Apple search. Like if you consider how many astrology podcasts there are, it had a really good four or five days. And that's thanks to you. So those of you who have listened and love it, well, there's more on the way. It is going to go down as truly an astrological treasure. So we are so grateful to Robert for doing this. And he is absolutely thrilled and excited about the whole project. Let's look at the specifics here at 12.15 in the morning. 12.15 Monday, May 16th is the official time of the full moon and the eclipse right there with it. Best thing to do if you'd like to see it and you don't have a cloudy sky like I do is timeanddate.com for your local time. This is where the Earth casts a shadow over the moon. It will be visible throughout most of the United States, and this one is total, so it will fade the moon down quite a bit before it's over. Y'all take good notes. I'll be both asleep and under a cloudy canopy. Here are the specifics. The sun will be at 25 degrees, 18 minutes in Taurus, the moon opposite that in Scorpio. Remember, we celebrated the what we called the peak of the moon wobble on Friday. Well, that was when the sun and the north node were conjunct. I did a lot of reading and digging around on this eclipse. I'm kind of fired up here. I gotta say I'm trying to hold it back a little bit, but I did find a an interesting attribution for those of you who like the technical side. Check this out, astrologyhoroscopes.info. That's the URL, astrologyhoroscopes.info, and search that URL with Moonwobble, and you'll get an article that attributes it to a mathematician and astrologer, Carl Payne Toby, who wrote back in the 30s, 40s, 50s, and 60s, and that article kind of explains the genesis of how he discovered the moon wobble. I'll leave that for you to unpack if you're interested. But he was basically confounded and trying to find the answers to a pattern that he had seen of world calamities that occurred on a certain frequency, specifically the moon wobble frequency of 86 and a half days. Now, my brain just doesn't think that way. I'm a Gemini rising. I'm a communicator down to the core. So I like to take information like that and try to disseminate it. But here's the key or the link between this fear of eclipses or these interpretations of bad things are going to happen because there's an eclipse. It's all related to the moon wobble phenomenon. Now, why do we have eclipses at the times that the sun and moon intersect the nodes? Well, it's because they're at a certain declination. They're at the same declination. And this goes into some other stuff that, again, you can research or pop into the 101 course. We talk about it in there. Price is still down if you'd like to get in now. But basically, it means that they're just aligned in the sky. The Earth casts a shadow on the moon, and there we have an eclipse. So the shadow is the natural phenomenon. The alignment at 19 degrees is kind of the big deal. And for this eclipse, the nodes of the moon are basically one degree behind. They're at around 18 and a quarter north and south latitude. All right, at least that sets up what's going on up over our heads in the sky. Let's put this in the chart. I have cast a whole sign chart, 12, 15 a.m., Monday, May 16th, Asheville, North Carolina. 
The sun is at 25 degrees 18 minutes Taurus in the fifth house. The moon is at 25 degrees 18 minutes Scorpio in the 11th. And like I said, they're sitting three degrees on the chart from Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, three degrees away from the nodes of the moon. So one of the points of trepidation of this eclipse is the south node in Scorpio in the 11th house. So let me throw down the daunting side first, and then we're going to massively counteract it, okay? <laughs> is that a deal? Let me show you the shadow, and then I'm going to show you the positive. So I looked at some of the blogs and some of the write-ups on this, and basically talking about it having this, well, first of all, square to Saturn. Ooh. Sextile and trine to Mars and Neptune. Ooh. Jupiter is now in Aries. Ooh. So <laughs> we're done here. Podcast is over. I'll see you guys later. Thank you very much for listening. <laughs> I'm going to a cave. No, not at all. In fact, Glasscock and I are recording later on Monday, and we are talking about, of all things, the nodes of the moon. But look, I've seen interpretations about things like things affecting your kids, fifth house, things affecting your friends, south node in Scorpio in the 11th house, large groups of people, the mass whole. In fact, some people predicting some kind of mundane calamity around this. Okay, I'm, t I'm showing you the shadow, and I'm showing you how it's being interpreted. And all of those things are in place. And I didn't throw in also the sextile and trine with Pluto. We'll just watch together if there is some big kind of calamity, and I'm not going to try to go down some kind of a list because I'm going to go the other way with this very quickly. But if some big calamity happens, then those interpretations are there, and they obviously accurately unfolded. Also, in the cycles of these eclipses, could this be something that is set up now that actually unfolds in the next cycle? Yes, that's also possible. It could be a setup day, not a trigger day. All of those things are possible. But when I looked at this chart, some things came to mind that I wanted to just put down there as another way of looking at this. Let's go back to Yogananda's marvelous quote. So first of all, this eclipse is happening in Taurus in the fifth house. Now, me personally, I have a stellium of all of my astrological energy, basically, is right there in the fifth house with the sun and Mars and Neptune all on top of each other. Here is the sun in Taurus, which is the opposite sign of my birth sign of Scorpio. Got that. That's a big positive. Ruled by Venus in the fifth house, which has really been the creative function and outpouring of my entire life. Everything I've done except for one little distracted detour, fifth house. Opposite that is the 11th. The audience, friends, large groups of people, the collective also represents our goals and our aspirations, where we'd like to be in the future. So when I see this, I see a collection, a gathering up. And, oh, by the way, Uranus is also in Taurus. In that fifth house, Uranus represents astrology. So if we take that whole bundle of that fifth house Taurian energy, now not ruled by Scorpio, ruled by its opposite, Venus, success in business, financial success, because it rules the second house, our money, our possessions. So here is this collection of energy rooted in the fifth house, projecting over into a Scorpio-ruled 11th house. Yes, there is the moon and the south node together, and also the midheaven is in there at 12.15 in the morning, symbolized by the Earth's shadow passing over that collection of energy. 
saying that we are burying the scorpionic past. We are burying the shadows. And that opposite sun is activating on my behalf all kinds of new realms of audiences, groups of people, new listeners, giving me the ability to figure out this video stuff on YouTube and TikTok. I'm trying. Publishing the ninth house ruled by Virgo, where my solar arc sun just crossed in. Publishing, releasing new podcasts that leap up toward the search engine tops. All kinds of grateful emails over the weekend. New groups of people, new listeners, new audiences, new impacts on people, teaching new people astrology, sextiling and trining not only Neptune, but Neptune emphasized, punctuated by Mars. Not only a new podcast, but also a new book, an audiobook coming out very soon. A book that completely and totally changed my own perspective on life. Now, passing it on to you, new audiences, new groups of people, all triggered by this massive alignment by these key indicators in the chart, the sun, the moon, the nodes of the moon, the midheaven, all in perfect alignment to add extra power and influence to this whole effort. And that's the vision that I'm holding in my mind. And that's the energy that I'm creating from this eclipse. What about you? What new markets would you like to enter into? What new groups of people would you like to explore? What friendships are no longer serving you that you'd like to eliminate? The universe loves a vacuum. If you get rid of dead wood friends, you'll have new great friends. This is great energy to do that under. What about giving up a habit that might not serve you anymore? Particularly if that habit has addictive tendencies. You have good energy on your side to let it go. Clear the space, make room for the new. And with that Saturn squaring it all, what new skill or what new project or what new foundation can you lay on which to build over the next three to five years? Perfect time to bring that to the table, too. So we have a choice. We can either fret and fear or we can proceed boldly. I've made my choice. <laughs> How about you? I hope you choose the positive side of this aspect. And I hope that it builds patterns into your life that you clip coupons from for years and years to come. Enjoy the phenomenon, enjoy the experience, and set your intentions and enjoy the energy. I'm Thomas Miller. Thank you so much for listening. See you back tomorrow. And would love to have you drop in on Old Soul, New Soul Astrology with Robert Glasscock, too. Sending love. Thanks for listening. See you tomorrow.